bump. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Imagine, if you will, a place where the macabre and humor flow amicably. A place where UFOs land and monsters are real. A place where you say to yourself, I want to believe. episode of the I Want to Believe podcast. A few weeks ago, I had the distinct pleasure of talking to an old friend of mine, rapper and musician Brzezowski. I can see when the glass leaning forward, lips puckered and eyebrows drawn on for effect before stepping in the cobbles and snake den burrows and closeted fears. I can see when a fresh fade, flat rip hashtags epic, eyeliners and leggings bedazzled with cheapest plastic, who's following whom in the cyclical Sacred like all seventh day, kept for a generation and lost sleep, replaying every detail, little conversation, kissed the wind that bit, and hoped to carry intent to where your lips would turn to the horizon where the home files were lit. I've seen the greatest minds of my generation ruined by who gives a fuck. The greatest prospect to DNR in front of the Mickey Mouse Club. I've seen the losses double, conspiracies emerge from TV rubble. An office humdrum blown to bits by a better B film, not subtle. In the last two decades, he has turned himself into the hardest working touring music act that has ever graced the mic and the stage. Our relationship goes back about 16 years. Let's check in with Brzezowski now and hear about his humble beginnings. I'm originally from, uh, from Rhode Island. I transferred uh, to the Maine College of Art and I pursued a degree there until I graduated in Three. I majored in painting and I minored in art history and then I started rapping around 99 and it was a good scene up here and the town was like super walkable so it was really easy to plug into it. You know, through two cats touring through town and stuff like that, I was able to make a lot of, a lot more connections and then started touring myself in like 2000, God, like 2004 or five. Um, and I've been at it ever since, man. And, uh, you know, I hooked up with Mill Pavement Records out of Portland. Shout out to Moshe, Mill Pavement Records, you know, Mike Cloud, 32 French, C-Money Burns, all the cats that are still rolling with it. I've been working with the label for a long time and been a, it's been a wild ride. And I don't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm so deep in the game that, like, you best believe I'm not giving up the parking space. Brzezowski ended up moving to Portland, Maine in 2001. And he goes through a bit of what he was doing musically there, ending with... He and I's collaboration of the group Reaganomics. And then I moved up to Portland in 2001. When, when I first when I first came to Maine, I I, I met some cats that um and worked with Sherwood, went by Digitalis at the time, Gutter Monk, and uh, we had like a group called Substation Six, and we did a couple shows. But everyone was in such different places in their lives, and to be honest, everyone was a little um you know just, just a little all over the place. It was hard to get a lot done. 
then actually, you know, one of the first official things that I that I did that came out like in any real way other than a demo by myself or a CDR by myself was with you was the Reaganomics project. Implying that we don't need others to get our goals across. Reaganomics album was a passion project of mine and every Saturday morning for the summer of 2003 Brzezowski would come over and we would write and record that album and then with a story that he actually had never shared with me uh, he tells us about how he actually gave that CD to Matt Pinfield from MTV's fame so pretty pretty interesting check it out we became the cliche and had an awesome time with it and Fuck, I ended up handing that CD to Matt Pinfield from MTV, uh, Wind Up Record. I remember you mailing me a box of them because we had completed it because I was going to move home for a little bit in 2004. And uh, when I moved back, uh, when I moved back to southern New England, uh, you know, you had mailed me a box of them. And maybe a week later, I went to a show. I was rotating for a band called The Seamless, which uh, Jesse Leach, who went on to sing in Kill Switch Engage, he was in a group at the time called Seamless. And they're kind of like stoner rock kind of kind of stuff. And I, no, I, he may have been in Kill Switch beforehand. I don't really know. He was, uh, he was somebody I knew from way back. And so I got in, got into the show, moving their hands, all this shit. And of course I practiced, brought a stack of my own promo shit. Cause that's how you got shit done. It wasn't fucking SoundCloud or Bandcamp or whatever. And, uh, so Matt Pinfield was there from Wind Up Records. He was A&R from Wind Up. He was there to check out their gig. Uh, Wind Up Records had such amazing acts as Creed, Crickets. So I, I saw Pinfield, I knew he was coming, and then when he got out the SUV with some, like, seven-foot model girl, I, like, ran out and was like, yo, huh, next week, you okay, go, get my CD. <laughs> As the years rolled by, I eventually moved out of Portland, but Brzezowski continued his work, laying his foundation with not only Mill Pavement Records, but with numerous other projects as well. And he's been around the world numerous times, and he talks about in this next segment about those travels, but also coming back and uh, the reality of clearing out a room in, in Boston when tr trying to play a show and, and the realities of what this business really does. I've performed in 40 U.S. states. I've performed in, uh, you know, coast to coast in Canada. Um, I've performed in uh, France extensively, Germany extensively, Switzerland extensively. Um, and I've been to Austria, Czech Republic, uh, I've been on like, you know, headlining tours to Europe nine times. Fucking, you know what I mean? Like I grew up to be the person I always wanted to be. It's always like really fucked up to go to a city you've never been in a country that you've never been with a language you don't speak and there are kids in the front singing your lyrics and you're fucking up the song because you're not used to people knowing who they are. I'll treasure that shit, you know? And then, you know, and then I come home. And I played Boston, you know, I, I think it was my second time overseas. I came home from like an amazing, you know, like two week tour overseas with, with Moshe over in, uh, you know, Western Europe, riding high, get off the plane, take the bus to a show in Boston and literally like cleared the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, but I've been, I've been doing like some abstract and progressive hip hop for, you know, goddamn, like almost fucking it'll be 20 years next year, you know? 
there's a lot of markets that I don't expect to get it, you know, which is why the U.S., I've really dialed back my touring and trying to just hit markets that make sense. You can remember an era when there were people like, you know, Soul selling like, you know, 12,000 records and being in Rolling Stone making some weird ass shit. You know what I mean? And, and that was enough to sustain a decent middle class, uh, working class life. Whereas opposed to now, it's like so much harder. Uh, the pie is smaller. And, uh, yeah, just a different animal, man. I love touring, man. Like, Playing live is, is, is like my lifeblood, you know? I, I I probably, last year was probably the least shows I've played in a year in, I don't know, probably a decade. Last year I probably only played around 40, 45 shows, which is, for me, isn't much. Just because I'm so used to that being like a, a a part of my life. You know, I, I, I give all the love and respect to people that go out there and fucking hit it for, you know, 120 dates a year. You know, I mean, I really do. And it does, it does, that momentum does add up. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, people like uh, Astronautilus and people like Jeffy, they've, they've built themselves by being that guy. And I love that and I watch it and I support it whenever possible. I just know that for me and for my current build in reality, that's just not a thing that I can do right now. And that's okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe it never will be. You know, who knows? I'm happy to do it at my level. Um, you know, people ask all the time, it's like, yo, yo, but you living off this shit? I'm like, fuck it all, I'm not living off this shit. But I will tell you that hip-hop, you know, pays a couple bills every month. That's for goddamn sure. You know, and it, it's amazing to, like, come home from tour and fucking have all the month bills fucking set. That, that's huge for me. That, that, that's more than I ever wanted out of it. That, that, that's nice. But the next month is anyone's guess. Now that you are brought up to speed on the entity known as Brzezowski musically, let's turn the page to the paranormal. Brzezowski told me of some peculiar experiences he's had throughout the years, but what sparked his interest from the beginning? Let's check it out. So I was probably seven or eight years old, and I remember um, getting a book at like a book cart or like a scholastic like book sale or something in my, uh, God, it was probably middle school. So I grabbed a book with like Bantam or Penguin. It was like one of those like 30 or 40 page books about UFOs. I was probably six or seven. And I just fucking loved it. It was like full color, all these panels of depictions of everything from like cave art to, you know, sketches from South America of like what aliens looked like, what they might do or want, you know. I mean, and of course geared to a child to stimulate, you know, your person's imagination, but I was fucking in. That was it. So these things were all parallel streams for me, you know, of like unknown and untapped knowledge. Um, yeah, so as, you know, from age six or seven, I was just into it, man. I remember, I remember, um, you know, staying up on Friday night, well, up, you know, up late for a little kid, you know, when, when, uh, when, uh, sightings would come on right before X-Files. And I was like, holy shit, they found this weird creature and there was a sighting in Bangladesh, you know, and I would watch that shit, but I would turn it off before X-Files. For some reason, I could watch sightings because it, it, their presentation was like a news show and then X-Files would come on and something about the music or the intro I was a little bit skittish by that. Maybe it was a little too late in the night by then. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can fuck with this, you know? When I was probably uh, a teenager, I started sort of reading more books about uh, about uh, UFOs and about you know, paranormal and sightings, different world religions. All, like I said, all these things were together. And the more I experimented with psychedelics, uh, the more I was interested in mental dimensions, either of belief and or of reality. You know, different dimensions of Reality are more exciting to me than different dimensions of belief because that means they can believe. 
believe anything. I figured that out at a young age. I read up a lot on world religions, from Voodoo to Hindu to Buddhism to Zen, and I'm you know, very well read on a lot of this stuff. And I don't get to unpack it often because no one cares about this shit. Yeah, so that was kind of that was kind of the deal for me. Now that we've heard a little bit about his childhood and teenage years in regards to the paranormal, let's hear about some of Brzezowski's experiences. We're talking UFOs to potential poltergeist activity. I've had some paranormal experiences. I remember being out. Um, I remember being out in the woods. I was in Dayton, um, Dayton, Mass. Um, probably, probably about nineteen ninety-eight. And I remember specifically because I had just quit smoking for the first time. I probably quit smoking about 20 times. And I was miserable. <laughs> and I was ignoring the people I was with who were all smoking butt to look at the sky. And that was the first time, uh, twice in one night, I saw uh, two objects um, jackknife at acute angles across the sky. So what I mean by that is an object is traveling. And then it fucking takes off at an accelerated speed in a totally different direction. Almost like uh, I, w- I would, for our, uh, for our older listeners, I would say, uh, like, if you've ever played uh, Pong, where it hit something that I couldn't see and then just took off faster in a different direction. And that was that was super wild to me. And uh, the second time it happened, I called over the, you know, I grabbed, actually, the person closest to me. Uh, and was pointed at the sky, like, that thing was just going... Uh, you know, across the sky, and then now it's going up that way. And she was like, "Yeah, I've tried smoke joint, whatever, dude." I know, I thought, I, and I and I certainly wasn't like uh, faded out by that point either. It was early in the evening. It was by uh, fall, just after dark in October. Other interesting, more you know, paranormal experiences. I remember my good friend Anthony, and I'll leave his last name off the podcast. And I was good friends with him. Uh, as a high school guy, and as a college guy, uh, we'd hang out at his house. And he, and he was raised by his grandparents. He'd go to see Anthony. I'd knock on the door because we didn't have, you know, text at the time. We'd call and be like, I'll be over in a half an hour. And uh, his grandfather would say to me, to his grandson, I told you not to bring white people to my house. He really didn't appreciate white folks. And you know what? Can I blame him with the march of history? Absolutely not. So I said hello. I would try to bring a little gift. You know what I mean? Like like a baguette or a bottle of wine or, you know, something. You know, box of donuts, just a peace offering. And he got cooler with me. <laughs> but he was still a little, he still didn't like it, and I dug that. Well, he had passed, and uh, my friend had inherited the house. And so I'm hanging out in the house. It's probably a couple weeks later. Um, you know, we, we wanted to be around Anthony because he, he was really, you know, his last relative left. And, you know, he was still a young guy. He was probably like 23, 24, you know, finally coming into his own with now no living relatives. So we're chilling. There are some friends hanging out, you know, people are, people are, uh, people are kicking it, people are playing cards, people are playing video games. And I go into the bathroom, it's a small restroom, um, and there's a, there's, there's a picture of a sailboat above the, uh, the, uh, the, the toilet, and there's, and to the left of the toilet, there's a, there's a trash basket, and then to the left of that is the sink. Well, I got in there, and I did my business, and I flushed the toilet, and I went over to the sink to wash my hands, and the, the picture of the sailboat, I hate to I hate to use this word because it sounds crazy. It jumped off the wall, smashed on the back of the toilet, and then leaped left to the left where the basket that was against the uh, wall jutted out from the wall and caught it. It was the most insane shit I've ever seen in my life, and it scared the shit out of me. I I left the faucet running. I ran out of the bathroom. I'm like, dude. The picture left off the wall, cracked on the back of the bathroom, hopped off the thing to the left, and then the 
and he goes, dude, you're fucking high, fuck you, whatever, and just laughed in my face, and I was like, now's not the time for me to go at it, because your friends are here and whatnot, and you, you know, you're having a little gathering or whatever, but like, I wasn't faded, no one was faded, you know, uh, I, 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 I always remember that, and I, I remember that night, I remember, you know, after he laughed in my face, I remember like, poking my head back at that, sorry, Mr. Rich, <laughs> you know, like, trying to, you know, try to, try to make peace with the thing. That was a wild one. I started hunking ghosts and going to UFO hotspots, you know, within my, within my, uh, ability, you know, as a young person, because I, I didn't have a car, I still don't. One time I was on a road trip, uh, wasn't a tour, wasn't for music, this was probably the last time I was actually went anywhere just for the hell of it. It was around, uh, 2000, I think it was 2000 or 2001. And I went with some friends, and we traveled up to Montreal and over to Quebec City. We were just, you know, hanging out to be really transparent. We were totally just there to, uh, you know, party and go to adult clubs and gamble. And, and we stacked all our cash in August. We're like, fuck it, we're going to Canada. And, uh, and at the end of it, we were coming back through Canada, and my buddy, uh, Eric, his, uh, his aunt is a, uh, is a nun in Poughkeepsie, New York. And she decided to put us all up, uh, for, for the night in the, uh, in the nunnery, in the, uh, yeah, I guess in the conclave, whatever the fuck you call it. And so we were stoked about it because that was about halfway between where we were and, and home, uh, in, uh, in, uh, you know, southeast, you know, East Bay, Rhode Island and, and Mass. And so we stayed there and it was probably, you know, um, probably our first night in, you know, a week and a half without, you know, taking in, uh, at least, you know, six beers, you know, loud music. And so we were just super happy to just, you know, order a pizza and be hanging out at a nunnery. It was really weird. There was like cool religious photos everywhere and statuary and everything was very quiet. Everything smelled like the seventies, kind of like an old record shop. Yeah. So we hung out and everyone crashed out early, you know, like 10 PM. It was, it was hot as hell, hot as ball. Now I laid down and I, 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 uh, I, I read the book by Alan Watts, about like the way it's sand or some shit. And, uh, the, uh, you know, the air conditioner in my little room, my little rickety bed going weird, this big, you know, big cross on my wall, picture of, you know, Mary above the, uh, the air conditioning machine. And I'm just about to fall asleep and I'm like, man, this is so fucked. And I have these, like, you know, these, like, like young people will, I have these really, uh, anti-religious thoughts. I'm like, man, fuck this Christian bullshit. Man, you know, if any of this shit was real, they'd know I was, it was, I thought it was all bullshit. Right then, the air conditioner died. As soon as I had that thought, the air conditioner died, and the fucking picture of Mary fell off. I went over and I put the picture of Mary back, because I'm not a shitty guest. And the picture of Mary looked like it had snot or jizz or something coming down from her face. It was not new. It looked like it had dried there. So I put the thing back on the wall, and I slept on top of my cover. The next day, I, I got a fish sandwich from the fucking nun morning buffet and hugged the nice nun that let us stay and got the fuck out of there. Oh. <laughs> that was that. Um, it freaked me out hard, man. I, I, I did tell my friends that were on the trip with me the next day and they're like, yeah, dude, shut up. You're just fucking pulling our, pulling our chain or whatever. And I was like, all right, well, you don't have to believe me. You weren't there. You weren't terrified. I was. <laughs>
And that brings us to the end of Brzezowski's paranormal stories. Uh, we talked for quite a bit, actually. We talked for over an hour. And we have had some tragedy in underground hip-hop lately. Brzezowski wanted to make sure to bring up a couple of people that we lost recently. And that is Sixo from Fake 4 and also Alias. Uh, we did talk about a few other things before the Alias piece, so that isn't as long. Uh, but I did want to make sure that I threw the part uh, that he talked about Alias in there as well. Check it out. So what an amazing guy, amazing producer. You put me up on his music. Um, and then I had the, 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 the fortunate opportunity to meet him down in Texas. Uh, he, put, he put me on a tour with Mike and I a couple years later. Um, he's come to see me every time I go to Dallas-Fort Worth. But I get down there pretty often now. So he's always there, brings friends, bigs it up, supports. He's got, he's got three, you know, he leaves behind a wife and three daughters. Unbelievable, man. He died doing, you know, he died doing what he loved, which is riding bikes, man, racing bikes. Fucking right on, Scotty. Uh, amazing dude, amazing artist. Yeah, all, 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 the, all the best to, to him and his family. And I had just gotten back from tour when Alias passed, uh, and then I had to leave for, uh, for another commitment. Um, I was able to be at the wake, but I could not be um, at the celebration of his life in a space, which I wanted to. And yeah, man, that one, that one, that one's huge, you know? We didn't want to end the podcast on a somber note, but it is very important to both of us that we do bring up these losses. Uh, they were huge and their families affected. You can make donations to Scotty Sixo on the Venmo app, V-E-N-M-O app. And you can send those donations to at Randy Dash Harrell. Randy is spelled R-A-N-D-I dash H-A-R-R-E-L-L. For Alias, there is a benefit show coming up. And again, you can check Facebook for those details. On every podcast where I have a guest, I always want to make sure that we big ups anywhere that you can check out their music or their writings or, or whatever they're promoting. So I made sure uh, to ask Brzezowski that same question. And the following is all the places that you can get his music or check him out. And those links will also be in the show notes. If you want my music, please check out Brzezowski, B-R-Z-O-W-S-K-I. You can check that out on Amazon. You can check that out on iTunes. You can check that out on Spotify if you hate me. If you just want to listen on streaming, please go to Tidal and then play my record fucking all day. If you do other streaming, I'm on Deezer if you're overseas, you know, Spotify in the U.S., but obviously, you know, if you actually buy the file or buy a physical through milkpavement.com or the Brzezowski Bandcamp, uh, that's huge. Of course, you can find my shit, uh, you know, Brzezowski Music Instagram, at Brzezowski Music on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Brzezowski Music everywhere across all of those channels. Please holler at your kid, buy a t-shirt, buy a beer koozie, give me a sweaty hug, buy me a beer, ship me a lobster. You know, I'm, I'm down for all, all, all forms of support. I got some shows coming up in Vermont, Connecticut, Maine, and you can check any of those channels or uh, Sonic Bids, Sound uh, Dick for any of that stuff. Check it out. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, No more. Thanks for all y'all for listening. Uh, keep it weird out there in the world. Keep the world weird. A world without mystery is a world I don't want to live in. Uh, support underground uh, music publishers and media. Thanks so much, Omar Brzezowski. Ow, 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 ow.
think around now I was standing by the window with my bedroom Yo, I felt like falling 150 years of Children's National Hospital. 150 years of groundbreaking research, of exceptional health care for kids, of helping families like mine and yours. 150 years stronger with your help. Please give today. Visit childrensnational.org slash 150 years. That's childrensnational.org slash 150 years. Everybody should definitely come to Baltimore. We have a way of speaking to each other through food. It's really renewed for me, my love of what I do. It's going to take something far stronger than a pandemic to defeat us. All of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe. We're ready. See what we've got going on. Plan your visit at Baltimore.org.